0: Hey, everybody, this is your boy, the dope ass dude, and I am so excited to be back with you on tonight. Happy Monday to you. Hope you had an amazing day today, but I'm really excited to be back with you on tonight and just a couple of preliminary things. You already know how we do it here if you're not subscribed to the youtube channel if you don't mind go ahead subscribing to the youtube channel and then once you subscribe to the youtube channel make sure you click on notify so you can be notified each time a new podcast or video is uploaded to the site and then while you're there go ahead and click on that like button now if you're on the go you can always check the podcast out we are on uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Again, that is Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And if you're not following me on Instagram and TikTok, if you don't mind following me there, I am the dope ass dude on both platforms. So on both IG and TikTok, you can find me at the dope ass dude podcast and just, you know, getting ahead of the game here, you know, you can go out and you can follow Savant already. He is on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube all at Savant.88. And again, that's Savant, saban t88 So you can go out there and follow him on those platforms. But Let's get on to it because I'm really excited about tonight and we have so much to cover. So I came across Bun's page a couple of months ago, actually, maybe like six months ago. It was one night I was up and I was scrolling through Instagram and I came across this brother's content and well, his page. And I went and like everyone else, I looked at one video, which led to 10 videos, which led to me reading his quotes and his inspirational stuff, content on his uh, page And I just have been intrigued with what he's doing and how he is on a pursuit to educate people on mental wellness and how to live a higher life and your best life, something that we are uh, used to hearing nowadays, living my best life. This guy is definitely one who is an advocate. For living on a higher level of thinking and being. So I'm really excited to have him on here tonight. And I know that you guys are going to fall in love with him and fall in love with what he's doing. So let's go ahead and bring this brother on out. Savant, what's going on, man? What's up, brother? How you doing? I've got brother?
1: um I'm sorry to say, but we got this echo now, this delay that wasn't happening earlier when we did the due diligence to get this together beforehand. But now we got this delay, this echo going that it's hard to to follow, but I'm not sure what to do in this case.
0: Okay, so can Uh, you hear me?
1: No, like I hear you, but I still hear like our voices in the background repeating itself in a delay.
0: Okay, that, do you have a browser of the podcast open on YouTube?
1: Uh, let's see, let's see, it could be,
0: this might be, uh, did it happen before? <laughs> I've done it like five times, trust me.
1: Oh, yep, yep, that's what it is, now I hear you, that's what's up, bro. <laughs> Luckily it's an easy fix.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've done that before, man. One time, we even like had to start the podcast all over because it was the first time I experienced. it. I was like, I can hear us going again. I didn't figure it out, but I figured it out with time. So, how you doing, well, brother? You see what experience
1: does, right? That's, this is the, the perfect way to start the podcast because that's what experience does. When you face something again, the same circumstance, and then you 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 behave differently, you change your behavior. That's your learning. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's what happened right now in, in real time. That's what's up, man. I'm feeling good, brother. I'm feeling blessed, vibrating high as I like to say. Um and truly a pleasure. I see I, I've seen your growth. You know, we were talking a little bit beforehand. But I see, I seen your growth, man, and, and I wanna congratulate you on the platform. And thank you for having me, for real.
0: I appreciate that, my brother, and I'm like real honored to have you on here tonight. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, this is some of us, you know, their first opportunity to get into meet you. So, tell everyone a little bit about yourself.
1: Um, well, there's a lot about myself, but to make it simple, now what people are recognizing in this journey, this new journey um as savant is pretty much that's really my pen name but um i'm an aspiring author you can say uh writer i i write prolifically every day it's a, it's it's become a habit it's, it's part of my routine um not only do i do it part of like a a, a disciplinary trait but also it's cathartic for me it's something that I have fun doing you know it's something that I enjoy doing and that's what pretty much identifies me now from what people are recognizing me is my my writings in in wellness in mental awareness uh self awareness self love the the defining the, the terms that really uh push us to go forward and the ones that that confuse us and keep us stagnant you know dormant into this into this the state of, uh, of the stillness, you know, in our life where we can't find our way out, we feel hopelessness and resentment for people, these low vibrational traits that keep you in cycles that, you know, just block you, man. So I try to create what what I call mind gems to just uh, in a neuroscience perspective, what I try to do is articulate words, in a form that when the reader reads it they connect things they're connecting dots they're like they're they're awakening dormant cells that when they connect it's like okay this makes this didn't make sense to me before in my life now that i have read this i'm enlightened so that's really the goal when it comes to the writing
0: and I and I and I I can attest to it. You know, I can tell you this here. When you do read and listen to your stuff, it does exactly what you do. It's like an awakening. It it wakes you up and it, it causes you to look at things a whole lot different than what you have looked at before because you give so many different comparisons, you know, the love and the lust, religion and relationships, you know, overloving. Mm-hmm. You give so much people to like really digest and really apply to their lives and see themselves in it
1: yeah so what i like to do with those what you're referring to there is um these episodes that i put together they're these one minute to one minute and a half segments now that instagram gives you the extra um, 30 seconds that was dope because that really helped me out there uh talking about dope ass dude right it's dope dope stuff um, so these are these episodes that I put together called Let's Explore real quick, L E R Q. And what I try to do is uh I started when I first started, it was just uh, you know, things like debates that happen in real life, with conversations with friends and, and even strangers sometimes that we're like, wow, yeah, there's more to explore here. Like there's a lot to debunk and unpack in situations that happen in relationships and and careers and self self awareness practices you know so I like to take the topic I put a poll out usually on my story and on my page so that they can uh so that the audience and the readers can interact and choose what these topics are gonna be what do what do we want to explore what do what do we want to unpack and the readers man I got a real bright community uh, I've been I've been kind of surprised with the community that has followed me and it's it's small right but the people that have highlighted that really do you know resonate with the with the with what they're reading with my writings yeah man we we've, we've created relationships that that really have have really turned my life around really in a short amount of time but um they they give me these topics and i explore them in this segment one one and a half minute put them on instagram and i what i try to do is debunk and and just allow people to see different perspectives from what they're dealing with a lot of the a lot of the fights a lot of the battles that we deal with normally as humans are peripheral battles they're what they're what we can see in our peripherals a lot of the time we don't zoom out and even if we do zoom out we don't know what we're what we're looking at what we're discerning what we're trying to understand because there's a false understanding of self in order for you to to really connect that you need to articulate and once you articulate yourself once you articulate your emotions, then you can articulate the situation that you're going through. Then you can further articulate perceptions and 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 then ultimately choose a perspective that really aligns with yourself, with your soul, with your spirit, you know, who you are. So that's what those little segments are about. And loneliness came up, overloving came up a lot. Um uh narcissism uh I, I, the less explored episodes they go they really go deep but in a little short segment you know so it's pretty cool it's been it's been giving me a lot of good results a lot a lot of good feedback coming back from that
0: yeah and i love how you just said and i i noticed you said this in a couple of your videos to zoom out because it, it's so true we only see what's ahead of us what impacts us We never see the larger picture because we never zoom out to see what else is going on in the world, What's else going on with other people. We only look at what is ahead of us. I love how you just explained the whole zoom out thing.
1: Yes, sir. It's it's important. And a lot of those zoom outs don't happen self-induced. It's not self-produced. Sometimes you need someone else. That's why it's important to. to have a meaningful relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship that that shows up as a support partner or it's a friend or it's a relative, a sibling, whatever it is. But that meaningful relationship, that sometimes it's a stranger though, which is what has been happening in this case where I've been writing something or putting a message out there that just clicks. You know, people just be like, oh wow, like I had this certain definition of this word that applied to me, and now it's completely reversed. You know, not only reversed, now there's another perception of, of this. There's another position. So what I try to do the most, especially through my writings, is is try to get people to reach a level of metacognition. And that's in, that's in terms of like more of a, of a neuroscience perspective, because I like to what I what I like to do is target behaviors, you know, and how we how behaviors are pretty much trained; they're they're traits, you know. We can train the trait, we can apply and and reduce the behavior, or apply and you know emphasize behavior. We choose this; we, our life is our making. We respond to the things. That we choose to respond to, unless we surrender to those traits, those lower hanging fruits that we choose to to follow those paths and surrender to that, and become a victim to what that situation is. And we're you know we're humans. We're going to respond to what the mechanisms call for. That's what the ego's. That's what the ego's there for. The ego is to allocate where your defense comes up, where where it goes down. Where your offense is directed to, if it's if it's fulfilling itself, and you're giving it, you're surrendering to solely your ego, then that's the direction that you're gonna go. So a lot of a lot of my a lot of my uh, motivation and my direction, I would say, is for that for people to reach a level of of observer and not the player. Join the two, understand the awareness of who you are as the player and who you are as the observer. And that's when you reach that level of metacognition. That is where you are now joined as one. That's what yoga means, really. Yoga is to join self with with you. <laughs> wow. You know? That's how I like to stop. I mean, you stop me when I, I just be going off. You no, 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 no. I mean, you...
0: A- You're good. You're good. And I definitely wanted to ask you this here because your soul awakening, you know, I know you went on a retreat where you said that it was a three day retreat. You gave up phone, you gave up speech. And that was something I was like, dang, can I go three days without even speaking? But you gave you fast. You didn't do the phone and you just got back connected and focused. Like, tell us about that experience and how it impacted and changed your life
1: yeah uh to put it in in a simple way it was uh it was uh retreat is such a it's it's like such a funny word to call it sometimes because it's some would look at it as self-punishment you know others will look at it as like a reminder of um, a, like grounding yourself, like a, like something to do to humble yourself, you know, a practice or something, you know, that's what fasting is really, you know, when it comes to like um, people who practice Lent, you know, you, you're giving up something that you quote unquote need in your life. And um, in, in the name of your God and your Jesus, in this case, right, for Lent, so, that's kind of what I did. I did it purposely. in in order to realign, I I like to study a lot of uh, meditation, you know, meditation practices to get to different states. Um, And that, quote unquote, retreat that what I call it is a hiatus. I left the world for three days. That's what I did. I took myself, I deprived myself from from most of my sensories. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have love. I didn't have any human contact. I didn't speak any, there was no speech. So there was, there's a, I can get to the, to the reason for all this at the end. Um. No, no, no electronics, no phone, no laptops, no pads, no nothing, nothing but a pencil and, and a pad and water. There was no eating, so there was, there was, uh, fasting for those three days and um it was in for it was in jesus like form it was practicing some of the self-awareness practices that he that you know that jesus had done himself in his time and i did it for my own awakening i did it uh in practice also with the knowledge of a Kundalini awakening. I'm not sure if you're aware of what the Kundalini is, but it's a, it's Hindu practice when it comes to, uh, to um, meditation. And it's, you, you do certain things and you deprive yourself of certain things like semen retention and and alcohol and any type of like substance that alters your consciousness. And you will elevate your vibration in these three days. That's what I did: meditate and prayers and writing. Meditate, prayer, writing. That's all I did every single day. By the by, the third day, you know, I was feeling it. I was feeling what they were, what they, what that what my studies were revealing, which was what my research says, according to the Kundalini, is this Christ oil that sits in the root of your spine and we can channel this oil up, you know, right through the same, you know, the same nerves that go down from, uh, from the brain down through your spine. You can bring these back up on those nerves and they elevate vibrations through the, once they go through your centers, you bring them back up to what is your heaven, which is your brain. And once you reach that up, once you, once the, uh, the Christ oil, reaches your pineal gland again it awakens all these dormant brain cells that we had, that we've never even used to practice some of them that we have before while we was a kid and through conditioning and practices and programming due to our environments due to our upbringings influence and culture our parents we lose them we leave them there dormant and we never we never exercise those anymore you know and then and some and a lot of times we get rewarded for the, for that thing. We get rewarded to adopt a certain personality and to show up as as expected. So we keep doing it. We subscribe to the same illusion every single day that we wake up. We're like, Oh well, yeah, I'm this person. Like I remember. And I remember that when I'm with this person, they like the fact that I'm funny. So I'm gonna be funny in front of them. You know what I mean? Like that's a self choice. You know? Um I had this weird vibe with this guy yesterday. I remember who I am today, so let me let me keep that same energy. And I show up, I show up with that with the the nasty attitude or the you know what I'm saying like the the deceitfulness or whatever, just to just to correlate, just to like that's what's expected. So I'm gonna show up like that because that's what's quote unquote real. That's that's what's supposed to be. But a lot of people were confused, man.
0: Yeah, and I and I, I know in your video you said like you, you you practice celibacy celibacy now, and you gave a point. I mean, it it, it just transcended your whole level of living, your whole level of being, and that I, I mean, I thought that was so amazing. Honestly, I really did because you know when you were speaking about it, a lot of times we we live in a world that is noisy, whether it's by our own doing like looking at social media because social media can become all of these thoughts in our head and our mind and it creates all of this noise when we never have moments of silence when we are just like you said just removing ourselves from the world taking a hiatus from everyday living and just get to a good spot
1: yeah um stillness and solitude very important in life, man. Very important. We can get lost with just that example that I gave um, just a little while ago. We can get lost in who we are supposed to be and not be who we want to be. So stillness and solitude to realign, to, to reaffirm, to make the promises to yourself, come back, and take accountability for yourself for those promises. That's what, that's who you are. That's how you, that's, who, that's how you know who you are. That's the metric, you know, so it's very important. That's why I push meditation a lot, man. you know, and now fitness, cause that's what led me into the, the fitness world. Is the realigning, not only the, the chakra centers, which is the chakra centers are what the, the Hindu practices come from when it comes to the Kundalini awakening and the Christ oil. The raising of the Christ oil and the, the the third eye awakening, which is what they what they refer to when they speak about that. But that alignment has a lot to do with how we live our lives day to day, how we treat our body, what we consume, not only what we consume through our mouths into our bellies and and what our what our bodies are consuming there, but what we're consuming in our environment, what we're consuming through our eyes on, on this device, that sometimes a lot of the things that we consume, it just pop up because it thinks whatever, you know, whatever platform we're using, it thinks that you're going to like this. And it's not only that you're going to like it, you might not like it, but it knows that you go, that you, you're going to watch it for a little longer. Mm-hmm. So it's going to present it to you. And what we consume, we consume these, like I have this problem with my parents, man. I'm lucky. I'm lucky to have my parents around still, and both still together in a marriage, long marriage. I'm 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 a lucky man when it comes to that. But the way that they live sometimes is just it bugs me out. They wake up in the morning seeing all this death and destruction. Like that's what they that's what they they want to see the news. They want to see what's going on. What happened last night? What did I miss? You know. The weather is like, it's always a thing. The weather is literally in the frontal cortex right here for them. Like it's, it's like, it dictates how they behave, Yeah, you know? And there's a lot of people like that, man. There's a lot of people that they just move according to what the environment allows them to, you know, there was an analogy that Kanye, I I remember posting this too on, on my story that he said you know you wake up um you're, you're a baby you, you, and when you're growing up there's a coffee table and until you get off the coffee table you can't stand on the coffee table and then i uh, you know that's like a behavior you get checked and the next thing you know you grow up and there's a uh, there's walls full of coffee tables. you know everyone put their coffee table where you can and cannot do you know and when we're not re- when we're not willing to put up a fight when we're not willing to, um, you know, stay within our path, within our purpose, because there's an obstacle there, then we conform to whatever the environment allows us to be. Yeah. And a lot of people suffer that.
0: Yeah. And I I, I just had a conversation with a buddy of mine today about something you just said about the coffee tables, because it is so amazing how we are taught things and we carry that throughout our lives thinking that oh you don't supposed to stand on the coffee table it's bad to stand on the coffee table and like you said you get older and here's a whole wall front of a front of you with coffee tables everywhere and you don't know how to respond because you've been trained and conditioned to not do anything with the coffee table just look at it don't stand on it don't move it don't do anything
1: and where did that start from your right childhood, yep. Right
0: at home, man. Right at home. So
1: so we're subject as as conscious beings. We're subject to learning from what's outside of us, learning from others, showing us what's right and wrong. Growing up with those conditions and those programs to hopefully, Hopefully, hopefully. This is what the soul awakening is about. This is what the Kundalini awakening is about. Hopefully you reach that moment where you're like, okay, I need to unlearn all this (laughs) because everything that I was learning from, everyone that I I was learning it from had their own conditions, had their own parameters, had their own cap, had their own ceilings, had their own fears. And these fears get instilled in us through childhood. You know, so we, ref- we reform to that. We need to reform that. Hopefully, you know, the earlier the better in, in, in your age. But unfortunately, unfortunately we, don't, we don't take the actual initiative to find ourselves and to awaken until certain moments happen. There's a professor, let me see if I can remember. Oh man, I forget his name. I have this in my book though, where there's four times, there's four moments that humans encounter where they, can, where they change. Let me see if I can remember this correctly. The first is when they learn enough that they want to, when they suffer enough that they have to, when they, when they know enough that they're influenced to, I forget the fourth one, man, but getting to it, it's pretty much that we have to go through a certain level of trauma or life-changing event for us to make the initiative to really find ourselves and awaken. And it's sad to say, but because of us being these type of humans, these conscious these these type of conscious humans, we need to learn to crash, to unlearn, and reprogram, re engineer. Yep. Yep. Sadly, there's a lot of people that never hit that. You know,
0: never, they, they, never,
1: never. They, a lot, people have died. Yep. A lot of people have they subscribe to the personality.
0: A lot of people have died, left the earth, their life has expired here on earth, and they never had that awakening moment. And I I mean, it's funny what you said, because I read something similar. I don't know if you've ever read the four agreements, but he talks about what you were saying about like fears and... Failures are passed on to us, and, and as kids, and their disguised are called morals. We go through our entire life thinking that we are upholding morals, when it's really we're carrying on and passing down fears of our parents, their parents, and so on. And it's really no truth behind it. But we have a question for you. What's up? And and that question is is from Willie. He asked, "What prompted you to go on this sabbatical?"
1: All right. Um just like uh this like I was saying that we all must go through something, right? Uh and I'm gonna say this humbly. Luckily, I feel lucky 'cause there was a I've been through with a lot of you know, many, many other people have been through when it comes to death. I come from a big family, so coming from a big family means that you deal with a lot of death, you go to a lot of funerals, you lose a lot of loved ones. So I have gone multiple t- times through my upbringing through these situations. If I'm not burying a loved one, uh, a family member, I'm burying a friend because of the streets or whatever, you know. Somehow, Somehow I went through all that trauma unconscious. I went through all those deaths, losing really close cousins of mine, friends, you know, all my grandparents. I went through all of that death unconscious and it had to be a breakup. For me to finally say, Hold on man what the, what the is going on like for me to finally look in the mirror and be like, yo are you are you the the anomaly bro? you know what I mean like is is it you what's going on here man? and I was like, I can't cope. there's no more coping after this." There's healing after this. There's there's a whole weird cognition of what coping is. Coping is not good, guys. Well, I don't know what why where that where people got that confused. Coping is a mechanism. You're you're defeating you. You're literally counteracting your your own competence by coping instead of going and and stepping on a route of healing. Healing is where you find forgiveness, self-forgiveness, true forgiveness for others, gratitude, love, true love, what it means to be in the consciousness of love, not romantically, not falling in love. You learn how to grow in love when you're in this type of consciousness. Excuse me. It's a whole different realm. And you could only find that when you go through something traumatic or, you know, uh, as the, as I mentioned earlier, I misquoted, butchered it, but the whole, you know, learning enough to, to be influenced to, to change or going through something to be pushed, to be forced to change. But all of us must, it's important and it's vital for you to live a blissful life, to find a way to awaken, regardless how it is. But that's very important. And that's pretty much what my push is. With the book, which is the book of mind gems, it's gonna have 50 mind gems to start with, but I'm, I'm gonna make, It's dif- gonna be a series of books, God willing. But that is the purpose, that is the approach, is to, is to awaken these dormant circuits, these dormant cells that we haven't used, that we need to use now to unlearn programs of the past, to find a mind and body coherence, that's where the whole fitness thing goes in, which is why I mentioned it earlier. The, the body has its own neural system. Yeah. The heart has a neural system. When you lose a loved one, when you lo- go through a breakup and you, you know, you there's, it's not all the time that one feels like this heaviness in the heart, like you actually feel like a weight pushing down in your chest, that, sensation is not you it's not imaginative you're not just making this up because it sounds like it's cool for a from a fairy tale or some disney story like my heart feels like it's drowning and it's in my stomach or something this is literally happening chemically you what you're experiencing through your emotions are sending these chemicals down signaling the body to react a certain way your heart has a neural system and and it's taking this information and Acting accordingly. Our body is objective to whatever our mind or whatever our perception is. Our perception, our our perspectives, our ego, even our soul is subjective. So our body is only going to follow what we send in it to do. And then it's going to store this information. It's going to store this memory in this neural system, separate from your mind. It's, It's in your mind. It's part of your mind, but it's a separate system. It's objective. Now, when you get this system and you start feeding it the pizzas, the Cheetos, the junk food, the eating at night, you know, eating sporadically, the alcohol, the other substances, like when you give this temple that, then it's going to act accordingly. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? So you're not vibrating with what you're, you're truly, who you truly are. You're you're vibrating, you're responding to the stimuli of the present state that you're in. So if that's someone that's getting on your nerves that always gets on your nerves, then congratulations because your consistency and your discipline and what you're doing now is only going to guarantee that for tomorrow. Wow.
0: So, okay. And and we're going to, two questions I want to ask you before we get to the meat of things as well. And you kind of led into that. So we hear this a lot. What is a trauma bond and what is trauma? Because we hear people say these words all the time. And a lot of us or a lot of people who are using this really don't even understand what they are saying. So what is a trauma bond and what would you define as trauma? This is
1: a a good one. (laughs) So trauma can be, trauma is subject to its beholder. Trauma is very subjective to whoever is going through it. Everyone is different. Everyone has their own metric of what they prioritize. And sometimes trauma is something as, as simple as a kid not getting the ice cream that he, that, that he was promised. Right? As a kid, you're walking, you're driving by, you see some ice cream. Mom, I want, I want some ice cream today. Yeah, okay, we're gonna get it. Don't You know. So now the whole day, the kid is, and I'm gonna get ice cream later. He's probably even behaving well you know, to not mess up the day so that he can get his ice cream. The moment that mom forgets or dad forgets and they go home, they skip the ice cream, this kid has suffered a trauma. And it's like the worst for him, you know, or her. Uh, So it's very subjective. Now what happens, to keep it simple, what happens when that kid, Finds another sad kid that didn't get the pizza that they were supposed to get, or have the pizza party, or the sleepover that 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 kid was supposed to get, and they're kind of like in the same vibe, you know, like okay, you can you get me, you know, like you got the same chip on your shoulder as me. You, you now fill my void. That's what a trauma bond is. So. The trauma creates the void for the beholder. The bond brings someone else with similar trauma to fill that void, fill that void with love, quote unquote, compassion, you know, things that are disguised or things that are fruitful and and rewarding. So a lot of the times trauma bonds last longer than what they should, because in the midst of it, there are certain rewards that Egoically looking at it, they're being they're being they're being appreciated, you know, they're being given, they're being received. But there's a ceiling, there's a cap to to what the trauma, what the trauma bond can offer if there's no true healing. And unpacking of that healing.
0: And most times people don't do the unpacking. They just leave one trauma bond and then get out of that and then they go into another one with someone else to feel the deb- bond you know devoid from the trauma bond relationship well Any dope potential? ass
1: dope ass dudes ain't supposed to be vulnerable bro you know what i'm saying <laughs> we can't be vulnerable so how do how do how do we how do we break or how do we even start breaking off and and an altruism to fix a trauma bond to make it a secure attachment if I'm afraid of what my girl's gonna say about me if I say the things that I need to say. So vulnerability, man, that's a superpower, but it's met with egotistical point of views and those defenses, you know, they, sometimes you just don't, you don't wanna do that, man. You don't wanna put your, you don't wanna subject yourself to that type of ridicule and judgment, especially from someone that you want to love you you know so that's the toughest part man it takes a dope ass dude to do that <laughs> to be vulnerable like that
0: yeah we hear that a lot okay so it's one of the things Cause, I, like i said i know we're going to talk about a lot of this is going to come up in what we're going to talk about next but setting boundaries what is the benefit of setting boundaries because a lot of times we don't set boundaries with Family, friends, loved ones, you know, partners, we don't set those boundaries. So what are benefits of setting boundaries and what is a healthy boundary?
1: Okay, Um, so your healthy boundaries are you're going to find how and what they look like and where to set these boundaries within the realm of your self-awareness of what your true desires are and what aligns with you. Also, what your true undesir- undesirables are, which become non-negotiables. Identifying that and defining what your non-negotiables and what your true direction is, is where you're gonna start sending, setting healthy boundaries. Because what an unhealthy boundary is, is when you set a boundary, Due to let's say prior experience, I'm not even gonna call it trauma. You set a boundary due to prior experience to protect you from what you just went through, correct? That's what usually happens now what happens is that you are now protecting whomever's gonna start roaming through this area here with that boundary you it's set like you're gonna make sure like no this is a stop here because i don't I don't move past that right. What happens is that when that boundary is set from a prior experience that is influenced by egoic perspectives, you know, self-fulfilling egos, then that boundary now becomes a wall. Now it becomes, now it becomes something that that's repelling to others and is blocking you from, from self-discerning and awakening and enlightening. So, your boundaries are supposed to protect your path of growth. If your boundaries are leaving you in a dormant state, that's an unhealthy boundary. The boundaries that you set are the ones that are going to protect the path that you are securely now attached to. And that's another good the good topic to talk about with secure attachment, because there is insecure attachment. There is, there is anxiety attachment, you know? There is an avoiding a, avoiding attachment to things. You know what I'm saying? So you want to fire a secure attachment and then say, set your boundaries from there so that you won't stop growing. Those are the healthy boundaries that you want. But don't allow them to become your walls. That's-
0: well, how do you... like? I mean, and I hear what you're saying, but how do you not allow that to become a wall? Because some of us, these boundaries that we've set... It's because we were hurt tremendously by someone or something in the past, and we just don't want to feel that pain ever again. And I get, you know, everyone is not capable of doing everything that someone else did to us. But mm-hmm. is, is it fear that turns the boundary from healthy to unhealthy or from boundary to a wall? Is, is it fear?
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, there's fear in it. Um, you know, there's, there's fear and there's also, there's also a perspective of what, what it is that you are protecting as far as, are you protecting your reputation? Are you protecting a perception of others of you? Or are you pre- truly protecting, you know, your energy or who, who you are to yourself Is is this, is this whatever the situation happened to you for you to create this boundary? You know, was it unhealthy? And where do I take accountability for it? Because that's that's where you're that's the that's the ground level of where you want to set the boundary. I mean, to answer your question you find you find where that comes from through uh, a journey of self-forgiveness first of true forgiveness first because if you can't get over what the trauma was before not get over it that's not that's not really the word i want to use if you can't heal from that trauma then what it does is that you carry that chip over for the next contender and the boundary that you set is only setting you in the place to battle that so you're not even looking outside the box where you zoom out and see where there's other options and other paths that you might be able to become fruitful in you know and find maybe purpose and find love in whatever whatever it is that your your direction is so you have to you have to truly forgive man you can't set boundaries from a from a from a, a place, or you shouldn't set boundaries from a place of, an, of, of egotistical perspective. You gotta truly forgive what it, who it was, who did it to you, what it was, why, why you, and then understand the variables and the stuff, take accountability for the things that you did in that situation or that you didn't do in that situation for it to happen to you. Not that, if you're gonna ask yourself why you, then be prepared to take true accountability for why you and that's where you set your boundaries because when you make that shift and that evolution to the to your personality you're going to shift your new reality your new reality is not going to be objective to how you present yourself in it.
0: i like that but uh, you know and i i get the accountability part but it's it's funny though when we are coming out of situation it is so easy to just play the victim And don't accept accountability for it. You did this to me. You did this here. You did this here. We never ever take time to really just say, like you said, well, what did I do in this? You know, like I accepted this here or, yeah, we never take the accountability part in regards to ourselves. We just always put it on them and you did this to me. And then,
1: yeah, I get it. So to bring it back real quick the lack of self-accountability comes from a coping mechanism because what happens is us playing the victim gets rewarded whether it's by someone else who is also playing the victim or just a support friend someone who's a yes man or yes sis or whatever you know what i'm saying someone who's just going to be there because they like to indulge in other sufferings because they're suffering themselves and this gets rewarded with care and compassion and then it gets diluted and covered up with alcohol and parties and promiscuous behaviors and you know what i mean living out the the uh the past that you didn't have whatever it is you know what i'm saying like these motivations stem from there so why Why people? I mean, that's what happens. Like you said, people don't choose to to get there because they're not going to take accountability when the victim is the less the least resistant route, and it gets rewarded.
0: Wow, I love that. That is so true. So 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 true. So we're about to tackle on some topics that you talked about on your page, and you can give them example of your quick episodes. What did you call? I know it's L E R Q.
1: Yeah, L E R Q. Let's explore real quick.
0: Let's explore. I love that. And and funny thing, I saw that hashtag. I was like, what does that stand for? But hey, you told it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, man. So here just we go. Up, just unpacking, unpacking those like this one, religion and relationships. So it's on you. Um, all right. Uh what do you need me to just kind of like break it like uh yeah, some what, what I broke it down there? Yeah. Well, I put this poll out on the stories where I think this was against um, pettiness or something like that. We put the topics together, religion relationships and pettiness, and this one won. This came up um, in a DM. Someone suggested it because I'm like, I mean, it's crazy because I'm just doing this, admittedly, I'm just doing this now for the first time in these two years where I've been writing, where, I've kind of become a relationship coach through my DMS <laughs> and some consulting calls and stuff. And, you know, it's, I get it because what I do is I study behavioral science, you know, um, behavioral psychology. And so it kind of makes sense that when it comes to behaviors and relationships and stuff, that it just, it, it just coincides. It but anyways, one of the, one of the, uh, couples that I was coaching, brought this up because they are of separate religions, different religions. And I was like, okay, um, how do I go about this? I've never been in that situation myself, but how can I, with the experience and an unbiased perspective, unbi- you know, completely untied to what the religion might be and what the gender might be like me as a man, how can I look at this where they can Make it work where the solutions lay. So I started breaking it down. Well, what are the really the the directions of religion? Why do we choose religion? What is the value? You know, the belief system. What do what is it that they that they that they put the most in what they prioritize and what they don't, you know, the do's and don'ts. And I started seeing, okay, people who are who are signed up, subscribe to religions. Are one people that worship which we all are in a, in a deep level um, but two, they have certain uh, a certain metric of values, perspectives, beliefs, fears you know it lines up it lines up a lot of things that you would want in a relationship, regardless the different views because the efforts and the energies go towards the same thing. People who study different religions, this is how I, I like to see it personally. People who follow different religions are subscribing to a quest for enlightenment, for, for better in a humanity perspective, in this 3D realm, and also spiritually. For me, all religions fall under this, unless you're some type of cult and you got your own little play, you know what I'm saying? So, when you put these people next to each other, we're all the same man we're all trying to become this enlightened person. we're trying to become better humans we're trying to we're trying to discern love, be in love, give love, move within love now, if you see love as Jesus, if you see love as Moses, Muhammad, you know it could be it could be you know like people just call it the the universal consciousness right. Um, if that is your God, and you are in pursuit of becoming an enlightened and better human, then I shouldn't be. I shouldn't judge you just because you're you, you Jesus. You know you're on Jesus, and I, I follow Muhammad's story. Shouldn't be. We value the same thing. We love each other. We can coalesce. We can. We can sacrifice a bit of what our religion, of what their, you know, I guess, rules are, to find altruism, which is growth together. That's all I
0: see. Okay, so let's go to the next one. I love that. We're gonna go to the next one. Uh, Loneliness.
1: Loneliness, synonymous, to solitude which we don't like to use i don't know why it's a sexier word but not only that it's a more potent word and it separates who you are from yourself loneliness is the void that is missing it's not It's not a, it's not a state of consciousness It's a consequence of some experience, something that you were feeling, something that you were, that you were, that you yearned for and felt fulfilled and now it's gone. Where you find to fill that void is within solitude. It's not in the, whatever the, whatever you consider the, the, the opposite of loneliness because what would you call the opposite of loneliness
0: um I guess being with someone I mean that's how someone else would someone else in your presence someone in your circle someone surrounding you that's what people I mean I guess I would consider the opposite of um loneliness feeling like there are people there for you you're not in this thing all by yourself
1: there you go so, and where people find that usually now online, you know, um, we find a sense of community like we're both doing online. We find reaffirmations, we find people who relate, you know, we find these things that give us this dopamine kick like, damn, I'm heading the right direction. And you know? also, loneliness pushes you to be alone. And being alone nowadays in this modern time is gonna push you to being here, which is not really alone. You're alone in a room, alone on your toilet, but your consciousness is being like sucked in to whatever you're being entertained by. And when we put our own vulnerability out there, we get these reaffirmations, we feel less lonely. But what that's doing is like, okay, I'm better than myself because now I'm finding these, I'm finding my, my, my highs online. So I don't need these real people in my life no more, which is how a lot of these, a lot of these families, unfortunately, are heading. You know, we live in virtual lives. We don't, we don't really care too much for this contact until we feel loneliness, until we have that void poking at me or echo inside. So find the solitude because it's where you'll find the, the, where you, where you fill the hole for loneliness, be in solitude, find yourself. It's, it is the difference between you being alone and you being with self.
0: Nice. And I loved how you said in there, like, um, it can't be cured. It's a symptom, you know, how people try to cure loneliness. You know, do you mind talking about a little bit about that?
1: Well, yeah, it's kind of like what we were touching on now, where if you want to find a cure for loneliness, you'll find what's going to cope with, you know, a good coping mechanism to fill that void. And that's what usually goes to where people go to online and social media to find the likes, to get the shares, to get the comments, to get things that are going to keep them in a state of loneliness, but being approved. You know what I'm saying? So they keep, they stay on that familiar path, and that is literally you trying to fight loneliness as an illness. Like I have this illness, I I I can't take, I can't get rid of it. I'm hopeless, right? You're in a hopeless state, so you just try to find things to amend it. And that's what the coping is. The coping is mending the situation, not curing it. Now, when you're not trying to cure ego like in that perspective, then you you approach it as a symptom. How do you approach a symptom when you when you're sick? You're, you you get to the, you get to the bottom of it. The symptom is coming from this. So I need Tylenol for the, You know I need I, I need Advil for this. I need leaf for the back pain. I need whatever for you know whatever case. You're actually tackling where the thing is coming from, not what the symptom is. And that's where you cure, truly heal. You got to find the root of it. Where does the void is? What is that that's missing in you that keeps you looking outside of you to look to get it? I love
0: that. love that. I love that. I love that. So let's go to the next one. Love versus lust. Fun. Fun stuff,
1: man. Uh, I mean, not much to say. Lust. Lust is a fantasy filled adventure. You know, it's fun. It's magical at times. You know what I mean? There's things that align within the the grounds of lust that wouldn't normally align even in the realms of love. Because there's some things that happen in the realm of lust that you wouldn't even want to allow
0: in the realm of love.
1: Because the love is the pursuit for, is the long, the longer pursuit. Lust is really, you know, I want to get these wins right now. You know what I'm saying? I want to get these feels right now. So that reward, that fast reward, when you're not treating something with certain value of longevity, there is a certain aspect where you can have a lot of fun with it. That's the truth. Now, when you start in within that fun and then start passing, you know, crossing a few lines, cause you're having fun, you know, you're getting wild. You're saying things that maybe you wouldn't say to someone that you're trying to build, and grow love with. You're doing things or allowing things to happen that you probably wouldn't allow in the realm of love. And then make that transition. It's really tough for this, those people to, to make that a smooth ride after because there's been a certain line pushing already happening before the relationship evolved into a love relationship that you can't see past anymore unless there's the unpacking, the unlearning, and the re-engineering, the re-engineering in both individuals or in all three individuals if we're talking about Polygamy and polymer you know polyamorous relationships, but even in any type of dynamic of relationship, if it evolves from from lust to love, you want it to evolve either how can I put this? Either has to be a a boring journey, like a boring quest of lust into a great adventure of love or a great adventure of lust and a short adventure of love that's what usually ends up happening unfortunately but there's definitely a difference of how you see things how you perceive things there's people that become beautiful to you like there's people that you can date you can date someone today and the chemistry is just right it's like it, everything is just flying smoothly. You're even, you're even brighter. you even vibing higher with, with this person because this person's making you feel good. She's validating or he's validating all your social cues, and it's just a great vibe. And you're like, you know, I can move. I can move on this, and that sensation that you get, and the metric that you're using that is like, I can treat this girl like a. Right now, she's gonna take it willingly because she's in it. But after you treat her a certain way, are you really gonna? You know what I mean? Like, do you, you know the the marry the stripper phrase? You know what I mean? Do you really do that? Because you already know where the line has gone. You already know that, so you're subscribing to that. You're not really being truthful to you being or to you wanting to change and evolve a relationship in love if you don't do it right away you have to love but then there's confusion and like okay what if what if this person just became more beautiful for me because all the chemicals is running right and and we lost them, but then when we transfer to love and we do it quick because we're especially when you're at the age that you're living on your own you know it's quick to get give somebody a drawer real quick or to give them the key or just like you know fuck it let's Let's share rent because it's convenient. It's conventional right now to share rent, so they move in, and they move in within the the realm of lust without really having the conversations that love needs. Hmm. That's where it gets. That's where it gets nasty.
0: I love how you said not having the conversation where love is. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So let's talk about overloving, and there was something you said about like overloving we want the reciprocity of it of it and most times we don't get that. So let's talk about overlove. Overloving. Because I think a lot of us do that and don't realize we're doing it.
1: Yeah, over is a tricky one because it's something that comes naturally um from a primal state of mind. We are, I like to believe, I know there's a few scientists out there that that um, are in the atheistic point of view, let's say. But I like to believe that humans naturally are loving, you know. We, and it, and it may be even egotistical to a sense, which is why I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that even though we need to go through multiple ego deaths, the ego needs to not prevail, it needs to live. It needs to have an identity that you choose to to give it to, in a hopefully in a cured state, spiritual state also. But where did I get into? Uh, from a primal sense, from a primal sense, I believe that we are natural lovers. You put the woman next to us, and they're even naturally more nurturer than our than us, right? Men are from biblical ter- from from the biblical times. Men are the hunters. We're the searchers. We're the laborers. We're, we're the we we're the we're the strong arm. You know. Women are the nurturers and the gardeners at home. So they naturally have this even more more of a keen sense with it, with their intuition. That they overlove, man. They love on people. So what happens is that. Because it's so deeply wired within to love and and you when you let this love out, when you exude this and exert this love on someone else so naturally like you know it feels inertly from you, you expect this to come back. I don't care who you are, who you say you are, pastor priest or rabbi, Buddha Jesus. <laughs> enlightened being it doesn't matter when you give there is a selfless and a selfish mannerism there's a there's a reciprocal action happening regardless because when you give there is an expectation a platform open for for that to get reciprocated just becomes it it becomes natural you expect it from human nature you know to be reciprocated so not only overloving is something that can work against you, especially in a, in a, in a, in a long spectrum, but you're also deteriorating yourself and and even subject to doubling down on yourself and your own identity and you know like and your self-esteem because you're not being reciprocated by the people that you're overloving on. So it's really a downward spiral to to over anything, to over love, to overthink, to overshare, to overgive, to overhate, to over drink, to over smoke. Everything, man. Everything must have a balance. There's a yin to a yang. There's a polarity to everything in life. Except that become aware of that. There's a lot of people that like to go about life and successfully go about life, living a a healthy life and really good life, not asking why. And that's perfectly fine if that's the life that you choose. But there's certain whys that once you uncover that, is going to give you these worlds and options for you to become the best version of you possible. And not the best version of you to them to him nor to her the best version of you of what you wanted to become inertly intertwined with your soul fed through a clear spirit aligned aligned energetically aligned physically aligned mentally there's a mental and body coherence that needs to happen and maintain for you to to maintain a high vibration where you're not over loving and and you're you're loving just as much. You're showing up to people just as they as you would want to, and if they feel that you're not showing up to their needed expectations, trust me that your pureness and not over loving and not confusing them any any anymore is going to bring them back to you even more purely. It's going to change the relationships around you. That's that's true.
0: I love that. So and this, I mean, leads us to the final question, too, because you just talked a little bit about that. You know, the best version of yourself. We live in a world now where we hear people talk about, oh, I'm living my best life. I'm living my best life. And that best life is always driven to the material things that you have. We want to post it on social media, you know, us out at Sunday fun day or us driving a certain car or standing in front of a certain car or house. And are we wearing certain things? We attribute that to living our best lives. So how do you get to your higher self, though? that place where you said that you're aligned with you are just like 100 happy with you it has nothing to do with what you have who's around you you're not doing it for this person or that person it's all about you so how do you suggest someone get to their higher self all
1: right so we would have to define a definite we have to define what the term higher self is because just as you pointed out the higher self and the best version of yourself might be when you have that dollar amount in your account when you got that car in your driveway when you got that lady looking like you want her to look you know all these these are all egoic desires right um these are all things that are outside of us that we give power to to become part of our identity, which you know through through human natural forces. If I'm here, if I'm just sitting here and I got a shorty next to me in a bikini that you know from like a porno site, then my whole vibe would change, right? I'm I'm already giving you from your from what your perspective is. You're gonna read on something and associate what's going on here with me. So by natural human actions, we do that. But when you associate possessions to your identity, because you believe that what your identity reflects on is what others say, then you're not wrong, but you're not right. Because yes, we are the echo of what others say we are, but we also who we say we are. That's just another perspective. If we wanna give that perspective light, we wanna give that perspective meaning and power, then we do, we make it true. If not, then whoever I say I am is really true too. So it's really true truth that the polarity of things, is really two truths that sit together. What do we give that power to? Is my higher self what they say? Or is my higher self what I believe I say and what my alignment is with true self? I think it's a big difference. You know, when when you go through and put yourself through certain practices to connect with self habitually, <laughs> continuously because we're, we're a creature of habits. We're a creature of patterns. We can program ourselves to do something for two weeks. And if three weeks go by that we don't do it then we have a new program. That's just how we are. So, unfortunately, meditation is not something that you're gonna do for a year, let's say, and yoga, and, and then you're healed and you're a different person, and that's it. No, this is something that you have to habitually and continuously maintain so that you can maintain yourself in a growth perspective. The higher self is reached only by continuous effort. And the higher self can always get higher, higher. If you keep being student of life and yourself, allowing yourself to.
0: I love that being a student of life, Savant. This has been amazing, man. So tell us a little bit about. I know your book. You said it's by the end of the year. You excited about that? Because I know I'm excited about it.
1: Yeah, man. I'm just. I, I hope to keep my promise because it's. I want to get this right. You know, art, articulation and words is very important to me. Words are big to me. Um, and it's important for me to get these gems to the people that are truly need it, you know? Uh, so yeah, the Book of Mind Gems is what I call it. It's gonna have uh, 50 gems in the first book, hopefully another 50 for the second book. But there's there's a lot going on right now where I'm like adding bonus things to to the books, I got a lot of ideas to, and it's really more for growth so that I can, so it can reach the audience that it needs to. Because I want this to be, uh, I want this to be a real thing, man. And people can can read these, these writings and really connect the dots in what they were missing in their life to find true narrative, to find their true north. You know what I'm saying? And in order for it to really grow, it needs capital and it needs eyes and it needs ears. So I, I truly, I truly am grateful for you opening your platform for for me to push this. And, um, it's what I call selfful work. It's not selfless. It's not selfish. It's selfful. It's coming from a place where I have filled my own cup. I have done the work and I continuously do the work to be at my highest vibration inertly so that extrovertly. I can try now to relate my learnings and what I keep learning and the trials and errors are, we're all experiencing that through, through this, through the Savant profile on YouTube and on Instagram. And, and it's been a journey, man. There's been people that have truly touched my, my heart with what they have, what has resonated to them through my writings and also through my fitness journey. I don't want to leave these guys behind because they they're pushing me too man. I got a lot of fitness gurus that are watching me and they're like keep going because you are you're doing this mind and body coherent things that people need to know. There's a lot of things, there's a lot of people that go into fitness just to to get jacked up to look nice for aesthetic purposes. And I got into it because I realized how important it is to treat the body the body a certain way so that it won't disobey your mind. That neural system we were talking about in your heart and in your in your nervous system, it disobeys your mind when you program it to do certain things and you don't deprogram it. It's gonna stay there. It's gonna keep sending you now confusing signals to your mind Think to reapprove. Like this is how you're supposed to feel. Remember, you're sad today. You're not supposed to be happy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my work is to target People and to try to convince you to work on your mind and body coherence and your spiritual awakening. It's it's wellness, man. It's mental wellness. It's men' mental wellness, which is very important. Men need a lot of support nowadays because because of the position that we hold as being men, whether we looked at as the alpha macho that we're supposed to be, or we looked at the sensitive. Um, empathic being that we're also supposed to be. And you know what I'm saying? And if we're not one or the other, we get judged. And so it's 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 tough for us and we all need it, man. I hope that this book finds your shelves, finds your hearts and and thank you again, brother. I really appreciate it, dope as do.
0: Thank you, my Keep brother, it up, my brother. Man. Yes, sir. I mean, and definitely once your book is released, going to have you back on, man, to talk about your book, because like I said, I'll follow you. I love your message. I love your content. And it helps me. And it reminds me, you know, like I said, just to continue watching what I'm feeding myself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and just try to stay or find that center and be aligned with that. So that's a daily goal of mine. And I, like I said, I look at you and what you're doing and it truly inspires me, my brother. And I really mean that. So I'm happy. you Appreciate your hard. words.
1: man. Yes, Appreciate sir. Your words. I'm grateful.
0: So everyone, and this is the end of tonight's podcast. So listen up, we were supposed to give away yes, one of Micah Bravo's um, uh, fit Uh, fitness challenge memberships on tonight. And the reason I'm not doing it on tonight is first is because it's two reasons, because we have people on go that listen to it on Apple Podcasts that wouldn't have been here tonight. So we are going to do it next week. But here's the catch. So I got with my team, one team members uh, responded and said, in order to be considered, you're going to have to come on the live. So ladies, gents, make sure you're looking presentable next week on the podcast because We're going to have you on live to answer why you want to do this fitness challenge, because it's super important. So we look forward to seeing you guys on next Monday. Next Monday is the season finale of the Dope Ass Dude podcast. And we won't see you guys again until November. So make sure you're online next week. We have two of my favorite musical artists that are going to be here. Lauria Turner and Corey Barrett. They're going to be here next week. So we're going to have a little singing and it's going to be. Pretty dope. So again, Savant, thank you for being here on tonight. And Appreciate everybody. It, thank you. Yes, sir. Until next Monday. Peace.